my name is Aarti. Welcome to this weekly episode of South Connect where we talk about some important events from southern India. Let us begin with Karnataka. For the past few days, Karnataka's textbook review committee remained in controversy. The committee has been finally disbanded by Karnataka CM Basavraj Bommai this week. The textbook review committee of the state faced massive flak first when the report suggested that it has decided to replace the chapters on Bhagat Singh with speeches of RSS founder K.B. Hedgevar. Several scholars and academicians had quit opposing the saffronization of education then. In the latest controversy, the chairperson of the review committee, Rohit Chakratirtha, is facing backlash over his sexist tweets and posts that have surfaced online. In one such tweet, the Times of India reported he had equated watching a cricket match with watching porn. He also tweeted sexist comments about feminism with one tweet saying that feminism is the belief that both the sexes may become equal by focusing solely on one of them. The Times of India report states this. The New Indian Express further reported that he also made a joke about women drivers and also posted other tweets referencing pornography. His Twitter account has now been made private. Chakradirtha, however, has claimed that the detractors have been trying to corner him over the past few weeks. Defending his tweets, he said that this has nothing to do with the textbook revisions. In another instance, he had posted a Facebook post of a distorted version of Kannada Nadagite or state anthem penned by famous writer Kuvempu. While Chakratirtha has defended the 2017 post as a WhatsApp forward that he had posted, the incident has sparked outrage within the Kannada literary community, who saw it as an insult to the Kuvempu, regarded as one of the greatest writers of the state. Calls for his resignations only grew louder since then. The chief minister on Friday, however, confirmed that the textbook review committee has been disbanded as its designated work was completed and the government was open for further revision if there are any objectionable content. Let's move on to the second news from the state. It's another week and another such incident in Karnataka. Authorities in Karnataka were on alert after members of the Hindu organizations called for a protest march to Jamia Masjid in Sri Patna, town of Mandya district on Saturday, that is June 4th. Vishwa Hindu Parishad, VHP and Bajrang Dal and other groups have said they will enter the mosques on Saturday and perform puja there. In view of the call for the march, Shweta Ravindra, Tehsildar of Sri Patna, clamped prohibitory orders in the town from June 3rd evening to June 5 morning. During this period, no procession, no protest or padayatra is allowed to take place. Sri Ram Sene Chief Pramod Muthalik announced that his organization would support the Sri Rang Patna Chalo call on June 4th. A few Hindu activists had earlier also submitted a memorandum to the district administration urging them to conduct verification of the masjid along the lines of Gyanwapi Mosque. This comes even as RSS chief Mohan Bhagwat recently took objection to the trend of disrupting Muslims' worship places. He asked, why search for shivling in every mosque? Let's move on to the next state, that is the state of Kerala. The Congress-led United Democratic Front has detained its bastion, the Trikakara Assembly constituency, by historic margin of more than 25,000 votes. The much-awaited bipole saw Congress nominee Uma Thomas win over left's candidate Joe Joseph. While the CPIM, which had conducted a grassroots level campaigning under Chief Minister Pinarayi Vijayan in the constituency, termed the defeat as unexpected and a shocker, 
The jubilant Congress said that their resounding victory was a slap on the face of second Pinarayi Vijayan government on its first anniversary. Uma Thomas, the widow of prominent party leader and former legislator from the constituency, late P.T. Thomas, showcased an impressive lead in all the 12 rounds of the counting since the beginning. BJP nominee A.N. Radhakrishnan came third. The Baipur was necessitated in Trikkara, a complete urban constituency which comprises a major chunk of the Kochi Corporation following the demise of P.T. Thomas late last year. Though Trikkara has been a Congress bastion, the Baipur captured the attention of political Kerala as the ruling CPIM-led front had conducted an unprecedented grassroots-level campaign in the last one month fielding its top leaders and ministers. Chief Minister Pinarayi Vijayan took the leadership of the campaign after his return from the U.S. post-treatment on May 10th. Let's move on to the second news from the state. The union government on Wednesday, that is June 1st, informed the Supreme Court that the denial of security clearance to Malayalam news channel Media One is based on intelligence inputs, which are sensitive and secret in nature. It also said that as a matter of policy and in the interest of security of the state and its establishment, the Ministry of Home Affairs does not disclose the reasons for denial. The affidavit was filed by the Ministry of Information and Broadcasting in response to the appeal by the news channel against Kerala High Court order dismissing its plea challenging the denial of security clearance and telecast ban ordered by the union government. On March 15th, the top court had stayed till further orders the January 31st directive of the union government revoking the license of Malayalam news channel Media One and banning its telecast on the grounds of national security. It had said that the news and current affairs channel will continue in the way it was operating prior to the ban of telecast. The top court had passed this order after perusing the files submitted by the union government on the basis of which security clearance was revoked and the Kerala High Court had passed the order upholding the ban on the telecast. It had left the question open on whether the content of files on the basis of which the ban order was passed be given to the channel to enable it to defend itself. Let's move on to the next state, that is the state of Tamil Nadu. All the six candidates from Tamil Nadu who had submitted their nominations for the June 10th biennial elections to the Rajya Sabha, including the ruling DMK's three nominees, were on Friday declared elected unopposed by authorities. The ruling DMK's S. Kalyanasundaram, R. Girirajan and K. R. N. Rajesh Kumar, AIA DMK's C. V. Shanmugam and R. Dharmar and Congress Party's nominee P. Chidambaram were declared elected unopposed by Returning Officer and Assembly Secretary K. Srinivasan following the expiry of the deadline for withdrawal of candidature. In the upper house, the DMK's current strength of 10 would continue unaltered and AIA DMK's representation is set to slide to 4 MPs from 5 members. With Chidambaram's selection, the Congress party would have a member from Tamil Nadu in the Rajya Sabha after a long gap. In 2016, Chidambaram was elected to the Rajya Sabha from Maharashtra and his term ends on July 4th this year. Let's move on to the state of Andhra Pradesh. Several women workers of an apparel firm fell sick after a gas leakage inside a special economic zone in Andhra Pradesh's Ankapalli district. The gas leak took place at the premises of Brandix India Apparel City, SEZ, in the Achyutapuram area. Many affected women complained of nausea, 
headache and burning sensation in the eyes. They were seen running out of their workplace, some of them coughing, others crying and struggling to stand upright. A few women who had collapsed had to be carried outside. A couple of pregnant women were also among those affected. Police said that all the affected employees were shifted to the hospital and they are now out of danger. There were 1,800 people working in the company. All the staff members were evacuated and affected employees were shifted to two private hospitals in Achutapuram and NTR Hospital in Ankapalli. Let's move on to the second news from the state. There is no respite from the sweltering summer heat in the state even as the onset of the monsoon is expected at any time. Heatwave conditions continued in Andhra Pradesh on Friday as many as 13 mandals reported severe heatwave and 93 mandals heatwave conditions. The highest daytime temperature of 45.85 degrees Celsius was reported between 8.30 a.m. and 9.00 p.m. on Friday. Over 100 places in the state reported more than 400 degrees Celsius on the same date. According to the Andhra Pradesh State Disaster Management Authority, four mandals in Kakinada, three in NTR, two each in East Godavari, and Prakasam and one each in Eluru and Vishakhapatnam reported severe heatwave conditions. As many as 14 mandals in Palanadu, 12 mandals in Eluru, 10 mandals in Konasima, 9 each in East Godavari and Kakinada, 7 in NTR, 6 in Prakasam, 5 in Krishna, 4 each in Aluri Sitaramaraju and Tirupati, 3 each in Guntur and Vishakhapatnam, 2 in YSR and 1 each in Ankapalle, Kurnul, Nandial, Parvatipuram and Srikakulam district reported heat wave conditions. Let's move on to the next state, that is the state of Telangana. This week, Telangana capital Hyderabad was shocked by the case of gang rape of a minor in the broad daylight at one of the upmarket areas of the city. The accused in the case belonged to affluent families, some even with political connections. The incident has once again led to question of women's security in the high-tech city which houses some of the major global business players and attracts talents from across the country and the world. My colleague Alisha Sam has done a separate report on it. I would urge you all to watch it. Mr. Ajay Prakash, on the other hand, in his weekly episode of What Does the Data Say, has spoken about Telangana's ruling political party and the challenge from the BJP which is looking to make inroads in the state. Do watch it too. That's all for this week's South Connect. Do let us know what you think about this in the comment box below. For more news and updates, you can log on to www.hwnews.com.